This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. You know, thinking about Christmas and thinking about how, how I feel like Christmas, so much of it every year, is, is how do we come back to these stories and find ways to allow it to maybe recast our lives? You know, looking at things that we've looked at time and time again, yet as we grow, they gain new meaning. I mean, that's sort of the beauty, right, of this story that's this touchstone we keep coming back to, keep coming back to. I know one little thing that changed for me with Christmas was oranges. You know, a silly, a silly, crazy thing. Like my mom and dad, they owned a, a nursing home, so they always worked on Christmas. But, but we all raced down in the morning to all open our, our, our Christmas stockings, our Christmas gifts before they went off to work. And every year, in the bottom of my stocking, take a guess what there was every year in the bottom. Take a guess. An orange. Now, how many of us would be that excited getting an orange in our stocking? You know, I hope my children are raising their hands right now. You know, an orange. And it wasn't until literally just a year ago, I was asking her about that. (laughs) Mom, what was up with the oranges? Oh, let me tell you. See, during the Depression... We never got oranges. We only got them one time a year. And my dad would go down to the city. He grew up on a farm out in Pittsburgh. We'd go down to the city, bring oranges back, and he'd sneak them into our stocking at the very bottom. Guess what happened to my judgment of oranges at that moment? You see, that, that simple recasting of these stories is so important, folks. And I, I want to keep coming back and saying it again and again. The reason why Christianity was born 2,017 years ago and has continued on and in many corners of the world thrived ever since is this. Because they kept telling a better story. They kept telling a better story. And they not only kept telling a better story, new church is clear, you can't just say it, you gotta do it. They kept living a better story. Just sit there. If the Christianity in your heart is not somehow telling a better story or somehow living a better story, you're probably missing it a bit. And Christmas is a chance every year to erase all we know and say, okay, let's go back to first things first. Let's go back to really what this is all about. Emmanuel, God with us. And I'd ask us, let's sing, let's say with Christmas glee, God with us. Ready? God with us. Not God against us, but God with us. You allow that in. And you keep telling that story as Christianity is this way of life that as people kept telling that story and kept living that story, the movement continued to grow, not because it promised material treasure or because it promised political power, but simply because it was a better story. Simply because it was a better story. I had a dear friend send me some stuff from, you know, Dawkins and, and a couple of those other guys, the new atheist guys. And I'm like, I listened to it. And it was just, it was so cynical about humanity. And I don't want to be disparaging about people who, who have found something there. 
but I don't find in that a better story. I find a much better story in here. A story that somehow resonates with something and and I can't even get words to it. I guarantee at some point in time when the band's singing, I'm gonna cry. Could I get an amen on that one? With amen, like why is that? I don't know. I just know that there's something about this story. And there was something about this. There was something about reading your prayers last week. Those of you who don't know, we, we have a Christmas tradition here at New Church Live. We write prayers at the end of the service for Christmas and the new year. Just, just watching the authenticity of people writing what's on their hearts and what they hope for. And the words might be different. The words might be different. Some of you, your prayers were for certain teams to win. Some of you, the words might be different, but in a way, all our answers were the same. All the answers were the same. 95% of actually what people wrote were about families. Finding healing for your families. So imagine that. Because there's this sense of love that we know can be born into our lives. This sense of hope that we talked about last week. Folks, we, we, you know, we had, let's say we have 200 people here and online. I could ask you all to guess a number between one and 10. We wouldn't be able to do it. But I ask people to write what's on their heart and what is their hope. And the answers are very, very similar. That speaks to God. That speaks to what we share. That speaks to the importance that it's far more important to be connected than to be correct. Let some of that settle in this Christmas. Whatever you need to do to do it, just taking a little breath and letting stuff start to settle in. So I want to start out, I'm going to ask you a question here, and I'm going to go through these two questions. It deals with blessings, and that's what we're talking about today, blessings in Advent and blessings that arrive way late and blessings that arrive way early. And the two questions are this. Question one, what is the blessing you have waited for for what seems like forever? Do all of us have that in our heads somewhere? You know, blessing we just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And wait. Like, why, Lord, why am I waiting, 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 waiting? And then a second one, what is a blessing that arrived so unexpectedly and disruptively, it actually scared you? Some blessings it feels like we're waiting forever for, some blessings come way too soon. (laughs) So what I want to do is I just want to get a couple of answers for those from the audience. So you'll see these questions up here. First question, what is a blessing you've waited for for what seems like forever? Second question, what is a blessing that arrived so unexpectedly and disruptively it scared you? So I'm going to come out in the audience and get some answers. All right, anybody want to venture a guess there on number one? What's a blessing you just feel like, yeah, I've waited and waited and waited and waited for? So this was a blessing that happened 26 years ago that 
my wife and I waited for what seemed to be forever, and it was our daughter being born. And I uh, just remember the morning when we found out that my wife was expecting that that girl, who is now 26. The blessing that arrived so unexpectedly and disruptively was her boyfriend. <laughs> that that came into our lives, but we love him. I hope he is watching. <laughs> Anyone else want to throw one out there? Anyone else want to throw that? Either one that you feel like you've waited for for a long time or that, that erupted or happened disruptively quickly. Oh, there's one in the way back. All right. A blessing that I have waited for was like Christmas break because I didn't feel like going to school. <laughs> and an unexpected blessing, hmm, it's pretty hard. I got to think on it. All right. Good enough. All right, folks. Anyone else? Last minute? All right. Give those folks a warm round of applause, everybody. I love those ideas of blessings that, you know, some of them do arrive way too quickly. Some of them, it feels like they just are taking forever to get to. But somehow life and faith is about holding those two things together. So it begs the question then, you know, if we're looking at this and, and we're sitting here at Christmas and some of us have blessings we're waiting for, you know, and, and I think myself, boy, I got a lot of exercise there. Just give me a minute here. <laughs> Um, you know, I think about blessings like that I've waited for. And, and a lot of them deal with relationships. Will, will those things change in this life? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But I do believe that there's a God that holds that. And holds it all in this beautiful spirit of healing. I'm pretty sure whatever blessings are down the pike for me are not going to be the blessings I anticipated. Did I get a little amen on that one? They're going to be surprises, but they're going to be filled with wonder. They're going to be simply wonderful. So many different ways. When that wonder starts to get into our hearts, I think that's when Advent starts to grow. How might we think of Advent? Well, I've been thinking about it this way. Advent, in a certain sense, is this. A humble birth in us of love, a God-given love that is free of self-interest. That's really key, free of self-interest and pressing necessity. So something starts to move in our lives, and somehow self-interest isn't there. And pressing necessity isn't there. Maybe that's why the story's so well captured by Mary having a baby. For those of you who have children, is parenting, do you sort of have to park self-interest when you're parenting? Please say yes. <laughs> yes, all the time. All the time. What about pressing necessity? Yeah, you got to park that. Yesterday, Army-Navy football. Freshman daughter wants to watch It's a Wonderful Life. 
I've only seen that 987 times. I can repeat the lines by heart. Which one wins? <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful life, though I checked my phone a few times. You can see, folks, like, like that's what that Advent is, and that's what we have to allow to open up in our hearts. So the, the specific story we're talking about today talks about like this idea of blessings, some that we have to wait for and some that occur right away. And it's the story of Mary and Elizabeth. Now, if you're not from a Christian background, you're not sure of, of what that story is all about, I want to share a little bit about it with you. So Mary, we know, we read about this last week, all of a sudden she gets told she's pregnant, pregnant by the Holy Spirit, she's going to give birth, she's to call that birth, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, it's to be this hope, the salvation of people. Now, having a child out of wedlock at that time, it wasn't just that parents were concerned, yeah, but what are you going to do about health insurance? At that time, a child out of wedlock, the mother could have been killed. It was considered that dishonoring that stoning a mother who had a child out of wedlock was considered that was okay. So you can imagine how challenging this news was to Joseph, her husband-to-be, we're going to talk about him next week, how challenging it was for her family. And then there's this beautiful part of the story where she goes away to live with a relative. Doesn't say whether it was a cousin or an aunt or whatever. I'm imagining it was an aunt. And you can imagine the family doing that. Like, hey, we got to get you out of here. I know who you can go stay with. Aunt favorite. You can go stay with Elizabeth. She'll take care of you for a period of time. Period of time until we get to the next section of the story. Think for a minute again, what was Elizabeth to Mary? Well, Mary knew she could go there, find sanctuary. That's beautiful. And then listen to this story. It's this little story of great joy, and it's a story of great faith as well. Here's the story. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, so in other words, Mary's coming up the path, she's shouting hello, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord, she understood the prophetic part of this, the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who had believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So Elizabeth was pregnant as well. And Elizabeth also had this birth that was sort of out of nowhere. She was sure that her and her husband were never going to have a child. And folks, back then, never having a child, that was even, even more dire than it would be. It's not even that it's dire today. Lots of people don't have children. But back then, you know, not having a child, that was, that was the idea of your lineage was gone. Also, it was the job of that child to take care of you in old age. So there, there went your whole retirement plan. I mean, it was pretty scary to not have a child. And yet, a miracle occurs. Elizabeth is pregnant. Her and Mary come together. 
Elizabeth gives birth to a, to, a, to a prophet known as John the Baptist. That's a whole nother sermon, a whole nother series. You can just tuck that in the back of your mind. But it's a beautiful story and a beautiful tie back to joy. See, when you look back to this, folks, what do we know? We know Elizabeth was too old to have a baby. We know Mary was too young to have a baby. And we know that both are held in the hands of God. In other words, what we know is this. The next slide. Sometimes we may wait much longer than we would like. I'm going to have you read the words in yellow there. We wait much longer than we would like for blessings deeply for blessings deeply yearned for, but not yet realized. And, Mary, sometimes we are surprised by the suddenness of change for disruptive, destabilizing blessings that arrive without reasons. Both are held in the hands of God, and that is faith. Now, as the band comes out, as the band comes out, and Angela's going to come forward to offer just a few words, think about that for yourself. Starting to think, yep, where are those blessings I'm waiting for? Where are those blessings that are arriving right now? How do I hold both in faith? And we're going to go to a big question on that. A question that will really, I think, focus you on, on what God is looking for you to have happen in your life. And thinking about this Advent, like, all right, so, so how do we allow this thing to be born? How do we follow through this story? You know, seeing ourselves in the story, seeing ourselves as, as experience Advent, not just reading about Advent, but really like working at experiencing it. What does that look like? And how do we welcome it? Well, a big part of it, I think, folks, is again, understanding these blessings that, that, that some blessings are, are going to take time. They just are. Some blessings we can yearn for, and we may never realize them in this life. That doesn't mean they're gone. And some blessings arrive so disruptively quickly, we're not so sure it's actually a blessing. And then it ends up being just that. And maybe a big piece, a big part that we have to do is to, you know, sit in that place where we understand there's those things we're yearning for. There's those things we're surprised by. And our job is to really focus on goodwill, on goodwill. God enlivens faith by bringing goodwill into it. Goodwill, in other words, is what drives faith. That real deep focus, really stepping forward into goodwill. I mean, just that's the practice. You know, I had a little experience yesterday. I was in a Christmas crowd, a bunch of people, and I'm going through my normal checklist with I'm judging this person to be that, I'm judging this person to be that, I'm judging this person to be that. I want to talk to that person, don't want to talk to that person. That person said too much to drink, all the judgments. And instead, just, okay, goodwill. That's it. Goodwill. Let me bring goodwill as best I can into this. It's a powerful place to be. One of the things I've been thinking a lot about 
It's simple. All right, you ready? I'm going to have you, I'm going to flash up two words here. And you're going to say them loud. Ready? There's this word. And there's this word. Four. All right. So I think for a lot of us, we kind of start our religious journey and we, we think a lot about what does God want from me? What does God want from me? Not necessarily a bad question, but it, it sort of puts God in an interesting light, right? It, it kind of detaches God. God no longer Emmanuel with us, but God kind of like God the overseer. And you think about the place that some of these people would have stepped in. The people who read this story originally, where they would have really felt like, yeah, you know, everybody wants something from me. The Romans, the, the, the highest religious authorities, all these people pulling and pulling and pulling from, from, from. And here comes a very different message. It's not a message of from. It's a message that moves into, please say it, folks, into this, for. And it's something I'd ask you to think about when we come to the end of the service and you write prayers. Something I'd ask you to talk about with those you love. Just ask the simple question. What does God want for us? If you're someone who wrote about a struggle with family, which is so understandable. What does God want for you? What do you think that might be? See, I think that question, folks, I think it actually gets us over into this. It gets us over into this idea of the nativity. Like, this is what God wants for us. This is what God wants for us. This advent, this, this new birth, this little thing that can grow. This thing that can be taken care of. And, and we worry again about like, well, my family's so dysfunctional. This was a family that wasn't winning any awards that year. But even into that, there were certain things that were born. Like, and, and if we can bring goodwill into it, thinking, folks, how's that, how that goodwill can be married to, to what we're trying to yearn, what we yearn for. What we're surprised by. And that freedom, that freedom away from pressing necessity and self-interest. Just imagine your life free from those two. Pressing necessity and self-interest where this very holy thing this very holy thing is able to be born in our lives. This, this little new will, this little spark in the midst of our lives. Now, how will we know when we're there? Well, it's a beautiful line here from 1 John. We know that we have passed from death to life. We'll say the last three words there. Because we because we love each other. Like it's, it's, that, it's that simple. And we start to maybe look for answers in different ways. It's interesting with faith, and this is the week of faith in the Advent season. It's interesting with faith that faith for a lot of us means that's when we finally figure it out. 
And yet that seems to not be what the story is asking us here. The story seems to be offering this question, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And what's the answer that immediately comes after? It's not a description, it's not a compelling why, it's not a big list of reasons, it's this. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. That sense of joy, that sense of something coming alive, like that's the answer. And we may not even know exactly what it looks like or or exactly what the future will be, but, but I feel like that's what we're asked to lean into. That's where we're to go to those kinds of answers. That's the advent that we can welcome with a great deal of faith into our lives. I love the words that, that Craig Barnes used. Why you? Why has God chosen to bring something creative and life-changing to you? It's not a bad question but it's not the right one either. And you think about Elizabeth, that's sort of her question, that first one, but it's not exactly the right one either. The only pressing question is, will you celebrate and faithfully receive this new life? Can you celebrate it? Can you receive it? Can you be open to it? Can you allow it to stir in your heart? Maybe we can think about that this week of Advent. What we're going to do now is give you a chance just to offer prayers for the second week of Advent. The first week was, was hope. This week is faith. And maybe you can write down, like just so you actually put it into writing, what is it that you think God wants for you, for your family, for your relationships? Start with that piece. Write that down, put words to there, and it maybe start to feel just a little bit of celebration, a little bit of joy, knowing that maybe this, that whatever that is on your heart is what God wants to, what God wants to. So the way we're gonna do this, folks, we're gonna come out, we're gonna have a little bit of quiet music. You're welcome to come on up, write it down on a card, Put it into the basket over here. We have a number of stations. And then just like we did last week, if you'd like to say a private prayer, I'd be more than happy to just be over here on the side and say a prayer with you if you'd like me to pray with you for a minute. So enjoy the quiet music. Think about the prayer. Think about what God is trying to think for you, to offer for you this Advent season. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.